0: Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Rev. Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. You know, there's something about music that just it really touches my heart. I, I, I will have to admit uh, this morning before the 8.30 service, I, I was just a tad bit anxious which happens every once in a while. I think that happens with all of us. We, we can get anxious with things that are happening in our lives. That I, I walked into the sanctuary to get um, the sermon slides up on the pro presenter so we could share them and everything. And, and I got behind the, uh, the computer, and the praise team was, uh, was practicing to get ready. And they started to do the song, Lord, I need you. And, and it just hit me. That, that's what this is about. Church isn't about trying to do something that makes us feel better. It, luckily, it, it is one of those byproducts when we come and worship. Hopefully, our, our, our spirits are lifted up and, and we are connected to God through the midst of our worship. But, when, when we take the opportunity and we try to make the worship about us, we, we miss it. When, when we take the opportunity instead to really make sure that the worship that we do is all about Jesus and, and, and the little stuff that's around us is, is a byproduct of that. And, you know, service will continue one way or another. You know, if the, the screens just went off, you know, that service would still happen. If we didn't have a piano, we would sing without any music. If the lights went off, we wouldn't be able to tell because of the beautiful sunglass windows, stained glass windows that we have here in the sanctuary. We, we would continue on in our worship because it's about Jesus. And when we take the opportunity to try to make it not about Jesus, then we miss it. That's why I love Holy Week. That's why I love this this movement up to Easter because it always reminds me of what Jesus has done for us. So would you please go to God in prayer with me? Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for your amazing grace, the grace that feeds us, the grace that, that fuels us, the grace that moves us. To share your love with others. So, God, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I told the story early service about my Palm Sunday experience, and I love the Palm Processional. It's one of my favorite things about this time because we would get to see the kids come in and wave the palm branches. And, and it reminds me of whenever I was growing up. We, we would always do this in my, my faith tradition. And, but instead, um, <clears throat> we didn't have these full palms. The, the type of palms that my church got were just one small, thin, little string of, of, of a palm branch. And, and I loved it. I, remember, I know my brother and I, we would real, real try to get mom and dad up early to get us to church early so we could get one of those. And, and I think mom and dad thought it was great that we were being very worshipful and we wanted to be a part of the service, but that wasn't it. Those little suckers made a great weapon. And you could pop that thing so loud and, and give somebody a welt with them. I, I know our Sunday school teachers hated Palm Sunday because our classrooms became a war room. And, and they would have to confiscate all of the palm branches and, and, and Never give them back to us. So I think the pastor wanted to quickly go ahead and burn them after the uh, service for next year's Ash Wednesday so that we could repent for the uh, pain and suffering we caused with our Palm Sunday branches. But, you know, it, it was also a time of celebration. And, and that's what's happening here. Palm Sunday is, is a Sunday that we, we move from passion or from, from, from celebration to passion. Passion. We, we, we moved from the, the crowds gathering together. Ms. Wanda wanted me to have that video uh, up during the opening hymn so, so the kids could see the, the full palm processional happening as they were portraying Jesus coming in to Jerusalem. Everybody was so excited, well, mostly everybody was so excited to see Jesus. And they were putting the palm branches down, laying coats on the ground for, for Jesus to walk across. And, and, and it was a momentous moment for them. But then we get to Friday, or actually Thursday and Friday after Jesus is arrested. And and those shouts of Jesus being the king, coming in on a donkey, move from cheers to jeers. Move to ridicule. Move to abandonment. Move to pushing Jesus down and, and, and... and causing him the pain that we, we deserve because of our sin and how we have fallen short. Last week we we talked about Jesus being ridiculed by passerbyers, by the chief priests and the teachers. And today we continue that story as we move into our scripture today from Mark chapter 15 Verses thirty-three through thirty-nine I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, or we'll have the words on the screen for you to follow along, as well. Hear the word of the Lord. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, "Eli, Eli, lama sabathanai," which means, "My God." My God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled up a sponge with wine vinegar and put it on a staff and offered to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood there in front of Jesus, saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week we... We talked about Jesus hanging on the cross. And I had the image uh, of this painting that is in Italy. It's a very famous picture of the crucifixion. And there was a lot of activity that was going on around the crucifixion. But, but there was a, a certain spot that if you looked at the painting, it was, it was still. It, it, it was quiet. It was quiet. And it was a po- part of the, the painting that we see pr- depicted in Scripture with the women standing in front or actually kneeling or, or laying down in front of the cross. The Gospel of John reminds us of this. It says who those women were. It says, Near the cross of Jesus said his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene. It's also said that John the disciple whom Jesus loved was also there at the cross when Jesus handed over the responsibility of taking care of Mary to him. The, these people who, who were underneath the cross were the ones who, who stood beside Jesus. That they were there so Jesus knew that, that he wasn't going through this torture and this torment all by himself. He knew that those who, who loved him, who cared for him, were beside him. After worship in the afternoon, I got a text message from one of our church members. And uh, the, the question was, well, what about God? Don't, don't we hear that, that God turned his back on Jesus while he was on the cross? And I told her, well, you're just going to have to pay attention next week because that's what I'm going to be talking about. This cry that Jesus said of my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It it sounds that that, that God is far away from him, but but honestly, he's not. He is right there beside Jesus. Now, there are many songs that are written that that talk about Jesus abandoning, or God abandoning Jesus. I can think of one back in the... uh, 1980s by a big-time Christian artist by the name of Carmen. The song is called The Champion. And it's just this boxing match type of thing that is happening. And as Jesus has this final blood, think of Carmen singing this with this, this passion and everything. It says that, that the father turned away and, and didn't want to Look. Even, even more recently, whenever I was in my 20s, there was a song that was called How Deep the Father's Love for Us. A song that I, I love to sing. I, I, it's a beautiful song and it has a beautiful message. But, but within that song, there are the words, The Father Turned His Face Away. I think it's a misrepresentation for us to say that, that God totally abandoned Jesus on the cross. And I think one of the reasons why we do that is because of another passage that we see in Scripture from Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 13. It, it talks about the nature of God and it says, Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. So on a, on a plain reading of that, you can say, well, sure, I can see how we can believe that, that, that God could not look upon Jesus because when Jesus was on the cross, he took on all of humanity's sin. Not not just the sin of those people that were were there around the cross, but but every single sin that was committed from the time before, even to every single sin that will not that will be committed, even when we are far and long gone from this life, the cross of Jesus Christ takes all of those on him so so for Jesus he himself has become sin. But I, th- I think a better way to take a look at this passage from Habakkuk is not saying that, that God can't handle to be around sin because what kind of God would he be if he could not handle sin? But I think the way that we look at that passage is to say that God will never approve of or condone sin. God desires God's people us, to turn from our sins and, and to let the sins that, that we may have committed or those sins that, that we may be thinking commitment to, to, to leave those at the cross. Because we know that God is all-knowing. We know that God is all-present. We know that God can never ignore sin. But God can work in and through those moments where we sin. I think another way to think about it is a deep theological term when we talk about how God is the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there are many different beliefs out there that try to divide Those different things about who God is. God is God the Father is separate. God the Father, God the Son is separate, and God the Holy Spirit is separate. But we believe in the full Trinitarian God, that God is three persons in one God, fully equal in all that they do. That's why we said the Nicene Creed, kind of threw you all for a loop this morning instead of the Apostles' Creed. We did the Nicene Creed this morning because it helps us see, especially when we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, how they are connected. We have the words up here, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, whom with the Father and the Son, and it continues, is together worshiped and glorified. You you cannot separate God the Father from God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So, if you cannot separate those three, guess who is there on the cross with Jesus? God the Father. God the Holy Spirit. All three of them are there, washing away our sins, taking them and saying that they are far from us. We also hear this in John chapter 1 in the prologue to that gospel where it says, And the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, so God is with Jesus, just like God is with us in the middle of our lives, in the middle of our trials, in the middle of our difficulties. So, so what exactly is Jesus doing here on this cross when he cries out those words, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabathani? When Jesus says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is quoting the opening line of Psalm 22. You see on the screen, Psalm 22, verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? So yes, it does sound like Jesus is saying, God, why aren't you here? Why why are you allowing me and, and making me go through all of this on my own? I believe why Jesus is doing this is because he is being the rabbi that he is. He has taken the opportunity to continue to teach those who are around the cross, and he continues to teach each and every one of us today about the sovereignty of God, about who God is, and about the redemption that we have through the act of Jesus on the cross. See, in those days, rabbis and those that were his students, they would learn the entire Psalter, all 150 Psalms. They would have them memorized so that they could recall them at a time. So, so when Jesus is hanging on the cross, he is taking the opportunity to tell those, listen. Remember this psalm, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? He shared this passage because when you move through the rest of the psalm, you don't see it as a a psalm of, of surrender or a psalm of giving up or a psalm of desperation. But it is a psalm. A victory. If we go all the way to the end of Psalm 22, verses 22, 29 through 31, we see this final picture of victory. The psalm says, All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. See, those are words of victory. Victory. Those are words that that Jesus, by just mentioning that first line of Psalm 22, he's saying, hey, do you remember the rest of the story? The story that's going to be written. The story that you professed when you said those psalms. It is a reminder to you that victory will come. It's easy for us to know. Here we are in 2023, and and we are gearing up ready to celebrate Easter. We are are gearing up knowing that we are going to celebrate Christ is resurrected. But for those, they heard Elijah's name being written, being being yelled out by Jesus. I think, well, let, let Elijah take care of him. But Jesus himself knew that Elijah wasn't going to come that Christ will be raised by God. And through his resurrection, we will have life and have life abundantly. I think another thing that Jesus is doing here, he's letting us know, in the words of this modern ad campaign that that was shared at the Super Bowl, and I actually saw it on a baseball game a couple of days ago, this campaign that that he gets us, that Jesus understands what each and every one of us goes through in our lives. When times are dark, when times are desperate, when, when we feel like we may not have any hope at all, Jesus understands that feeling. 2 Corinthians 5.21 reminds us that God made him who has no sin to be sin for us so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. So, So the act of Jesus dying on the cross connects us to him. I don't know about you, but I know about me that when I have those moments when I fall into sin or whenever I am looking or thinking about doing things that I know are not honoring God but trying to honor myself, I have a feeling in my life just like what Jesus is saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But, but the fact of the matter is, it isn't God who has forsaken me at all. it is myself wanting to place myself as the God of my life. Myself saying, I want to be the one in control. I, I, I want my life to be what I want and not what God wants of me." See, see, Jesus even after this cry. We, we, we hear that he left out in this last voice, but when we go to the Gospel of Luke, we actually hear what it is that Jesus called out. He said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Into your hands I give myself to you so that you may take me up and be fully in your presence. See, that's what we do at this table. This table is a continued act of thanksgiving. When we partake of the bread and when we partake of the cup, we are reminded of Jesus' sacrifice for us. And when we come with our hands outstretched, we say, God, I give you my life. I give you all that I am so that I may be filled to you and have your presence in and through me. My hope and prayer is as we move through this holy week, as we move through this opportunity to to, to move through the Monday, Thursday, and, Hash- and, and, and Good Friday. And as we come to the resurrection, we come knowing that God is with us always. In the midst of our trials, in the midst of our tribulations, in the midst of those moments where we may feel abandoned ourselves, God will never leave us alone. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for your great love for us. And as we come to this table on Palm Sunday, we are reminded that at the beginning of the week there were cheers and celebrations, but towards the end of the week people turned away. Help us to see Christ's sacrifice for us so that we may never turn away, but then we go out like the early church and proclaim who you are in the world around us so others may come to your light and others may come to your salvation. Allow this holy meal to fill us, to use us, and to move us to be a bold example of your love and grace around us. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.